Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. Happy Easter. Welcome. If you don't have plans next weekend, uh, come to the musical. My name is Joe. I'm one of the pastors here. And if this is your first Sunday, um, we are so glad that you're here uh, this morning. And if you're looking for a church and you think you're thinking about coming next Sunday and you're a little confused about what to wear, uh, I wear this once a year. So just wear jeans, wear a T-shirt, um, uh, wear whatever you want. We just are glad you're here this morning. And uh, let's pray and then we're going to jump in to the Easter sermon. Father, thank you for this day and what it represents. Thank you that we have hope because you sent your son to live and die in our place and rise from the grave. And Holy Spirit, we ask that these truths would amaze us this morning, would give us hope for every circumstance that, re that is represented in this room and is represented for those watching online. And we pray we would encounter you in power. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The title this morning is The Resurrection, The Reason for Hope. The Reason for Hope. If this last few years have taught us anything, it's taught us that the things that the world presents as a foundation for hope are really shaky. I mean, think about it for a moment. Think about the things that we have seen clearly are not as stable as maybe we once thought. Think about physical health, how one virus in several forms can shut down entire nations, how the, the hope of, of, of a particular political leader or a political party can promise great promises and then fall short. Think of the hope of economic prosperity as we see prices of things soaring away from us. Think of maybe the hope when we're younger, we think, oh, life will just be smooth sailing and all will go well. Think about the hope of relationships. If I just had this person in my life, then all would go well. Now, there's nothing wrong with economic prosperity or good relationships or physical health or a strong um, political system that, that is healthy. But all of those things do not provide a bedrock foundational hope for our lives. All of those things rise and fall. I mean, think about it this way, just, just in a, a practical manner, that the idea that if we just have enough willpower, we can change, we can be different. Think, think about that for, for a second. If you're like me, I can make all kinds of I'm really good at making plans. So at the beginning of the year, I make a plan and make a plan for exercise and a plan for this and a plan for that. Um, just, you don't have to raise your hand for this, but, but just think, how has your New Year's resolutions, how are they going right now? So it is April, it's mid-April. How are they going? If they're like mine, if you made them, they're, they're probably not going great. Um, but you felt so strong about them in late December and early January. See, we need a hope that is, is much stronger than wishful thinking. It's much stronger than anything 
this world has to offer. And the good news of the Bible is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have a foundational hope that is strong and firm and secure for all who trust in Jesus. Listen to these words from the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ, that's the promised Messiah from the Old Testament, died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, in accordance with the Old Testament, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. The Apostle Paul's writing the reality of the resurrection as a fact, as something that happened, that was real, and there were many, many eyewitnesses. See, in the resurrection, we have a hope. We have a strong and firm hope for all who trust in Jesus. We're going to look at several points. The first is this. The resurrection provides a foundation of hope for all who trust in Jesus. The resurrection provi provides this, this bedrock, this strong, firm foundation that you can stake your entire life on the person and work of Jesus, and it will never fail. I mean, think about it this way. If you, if you ever thought about building a house, you wouldn't build a house on a sandy foundation that's not, not secure. My, my dad and stepmom live in Florida, and sinkholes are a problem in Florida. You wouldn't knowingly build your house over a sinkhole that could swallow up your whole house. No, you would build a house on bedrock, on a strong, firm foundation. This world offers many things that will promise satisfaction, promise hope, promise deliverance even. But they're, they're shaky. They're like building a house on a sinkhole. It's only a matter of time before they give way and you see them for what they really are. They're not lasting in any way. Not so with the risen Christ. See, in Jesus, we have this living hope. Listen to what the Apostle Peter said. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his mercy, he has caused us to be born again, to be made alive spiritually to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. In other words, you can stake your life on Jesus Christ. He will never, ever, ever fail you. I want to take our, our minds back to a few days earlier before the resurrection. I want you to imagine if you were one of the 12 disciples or if you were one of the, the group of ladies that followed and traveled around with Jesus. Or maybe even better yet, imagine you were one of the recipients of a miracle from Jesus. Maybe you were blind and he gave you sight. Maybe you were deaf and he restored your hearing. 
Maybe you had leprosy and you were set outside of the community of your friends and family members and then Jesus came to you and restored you. Maybe you were like the demonic man who was homeless and he was a harm to himself and to others and he encountered Jesus and his life was transformed. Imagine you were one who had great affection for Jesus. You are an eyewitness of all his kind acts, all his miracles, his incredible teaching as he connected dots from the Old Testament that pointed right to him. And then I want you to imagine that last week where Jesus gets arrested and he gets betrayed and he gets crucified. He, he dies on a cross. And imagine you were one of his followers and you were thinking, I really thought he was the one. I really thought he was the hope of Israel. I really thought he was the hope of the whole world. And imagine the gloom and despair. Imagine how heavy-hearted you would have been that Saturday after Jesus was crucified. Imagine the questions that would be racing and running through your mind if you were one of his close friends. Imagine that sinking feeling that life is just not going to be the same anymore. So I want you to have that feeling as we read what happened in Matthew 28. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb where Jesus was buried. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothing were white as snow. And for fear of the guards, trembled and became like dead men. The, the guards were frightened by what was happening. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then they go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you in Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up. They took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. Then Jesus said, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. I want you to just imagine what that would have felt like to them. Great grief, great despair, great sudden surprise. An angel appears, an earthquake happens. You're informed that Jesus is not dead. His grave clothes are right there and he is not in them. Then Jesus himself appears to you. You went from a moment of despair to great hope that Jesus is alive and he is well. See, the resurrection, in many ways, is the, the, the most important detail of the work of Christ. 
Because if he does not rise from the grave, then we would never know that his, his penalty, his payment for sin was accepted. We never know that there is hope for those who trust in him, that we can conquer both sin and death. But because he rose, you can have a certain hope. Listen to how the Apostle Paul says this in the negative. He says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Your, your faith is empty and you're still trapped in your sins and you still have to receive the penalty for your sins. But that's not what today is about. Christ did rise. So freedom is made possible and the payment for sin has been paid for for all who look to Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. This reality of the risen Christ brings us so much hope. Listen to how C.S. Lewis captures this reality in his book entitled Miracles. As I read this quote, this might be a stretch, but I, but I picture Jesus as like a Navy SEAL going on this, this operation that is impossible. And C.S. Lewis just captures it so well. Listen to this. Jesus has forced open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man. Picture Jesus just kicking it open. He has met, fought, and beaten King Death. He met him, fought him, he conquered him. Everything is different because he has done so. This is the beginning of the new creation. A new chapter in cosmic history has opened. Everything is different because Jesus rose from the grave. That is the hope of the resurrection. And you can call out to Jesus today, now, if you don't know him, he is exalted. He is in heaven. He is the right hand of the Father. And one day, as a triumphant king, he will return. A number of years ago, I was in an airplane ride um, from Kentucky back to the, the Pittsburgh airport. And I was just, I had a window seat and I was just staring out the window and sort of daydreaming. And we were above the clouds in the airplane. And I remember looking up at the sun. I was like, man, it is such a sunny day. And then I remember looking down on the fields and you could see um, just the, the big clouds were, were kind of all spread out. And, and I remember thinking if I was a farmer on a field at a particular moment, I could look up and, and I might have the thought, today is a cloudy day. Because I look up and from my vantage point, there's just a, a big cloud hovering and it looked gray. But from my vantage point, above the clouds in the airplane where the sun is shining bright, it was a sunny day. For a believer in Jesus Christ, because of the resurrection, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what clouds of darkness or despair or disappointment are hovering over you, you can ascend a bit higher. And it is always a sunny day. Jesus, the risen Christ, is your Lord and Savior. So all will be well with you, even on those dark and difficult days. 
1 Corinthians 15, for I delivered to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Second point, the resurrection guarantees, it guarantees forgiveness of sins for all who trust in him. It guarantees payment in full. After Jesus rose from the grave, he was walking on a road called Emmaus and he encountered two guys that, that didn't recognize Jesus. And they were just talking about, about Jesus, actually, and they're talking about the events of the week and they didn't know Jesus had risen yet. And then Jesus begins to walk with them and talk to them. And listen to what happens in Luke, 4, verse 20, Luke 24, verse 27. And beginning with Moses... And the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. In other words, they're walking, Jesus appears, and from memory, the first 39 books of the Bible, Jesus gives them the Bible study of their life. And one by one, he begins to point out, this is what it says about the Messiah, and this is what it says about the Messiah, and this is what it says about me, and this is what it says about me. And the whole walk, he began to show them from the Bible where it spoke of Jesus. And Jesus had now come. And now, a little bit later in that same chapter, he does the same thing to the disciples with a little more edge. Look at verse 44 of Luke 24. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So guys, I, I told you this. It's like a parent who's a little bit exasperated. I told you for three years, three years, day after day, that these truths from the Old Testament are pointing to me. Look at verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins shall be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. The resurrection guarantees the forgiveness of your sins if you trust in Jesus. That is good news. I am certain, or let's say 99.9% .9 certain, that one of the scriptures that Jesus would have pointed to as he was giving the, the two men on the road to Emmaus the Bible lesson of their life and he was regrouping with, with the disciples would have been Jeremiah 31, verse 33 and following. And the reason I can be almost, if not 100% certain, is because it has everything to do with the new covenant or the new agreement that Jesus made between God and man. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people 
And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. I will remember their sins no more. I will wash your record clean. That's only possible because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. In the resurrection, we know that God the Father accepted the payment that Jesus offered for the sins of the world. Paid for in full for all and everyone who turns and looks to Jesus. We all look nice today, don't we? I think we look good today. But underneath all our niceness is our original nature. That doesn't look so nice. The Bible calls it a sinful nature. All humanity is born with that sinful nature. I could put on sport coat after sport coat, tie after tie, and it's like ragu. It's, it's in there. It's still in there. You can't, you can't cover it up. There's only one person who can deal with it properly, and that is Jesus himself. And when he died on the cross, he was innocent. He was fully God and fully man. He was perfect in every way. And he hung and died and took the place for us, for everyone who would trust in him. That means no matter what you have done, the very worst of the worst things you have thought or done, he has paid for in full if you will receive his gift of salvation. Ephesians 2 says it this way, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. How do you get a gift? You receive it. You don't earn it. You don't say, hey, mom and dad, I worked really hard this summer. Now can I have my gift? That, that's not a gift. That's called a job. A gift is something that's given and it's free. And, and the Bible says if we turn from our sins and we trust in Jesus, we have this free gift of salvation. And included in that free gift is the forgiveness of sins, past, present, and future. The record is, is wiped clean. And not only that, but Jesus' perfect record is credited to you and I if we come to him by faith. Next one, the resurrection guarantees freedom and real change for all who trust in Jesus. This is very different than willpower. Than just, if I just muster up enough strength from within, I'll be different. I'll no longer yell at my kids or I'll no longer be worried so much that I can't even sleep at night or whatever, whatever besetting thing tangles you up. No, with the resurrection of Jesus, we can have hope that we can really change. Because when you become a Christian, when you call out to Jesus, you are born again. God's spirit comes inside of you. Then he begins to change you from the inside out and make you like Jesus in character. 
Listen to this. This is talking about being united with Christ. So everyone who trusts in Jesus, this is true of them. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, every believer in Jesus can walk in newness of life, can be different, can change, can grow. Probably my favorite, if not least top three Bible verse in the entire Bible has been 2 Corinthians 5, 17, since the moment I became a Christian or I first heard this verse. Listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Creation is when God spoke the heavens into existence and the stars into existence and the animals into existence and then eventually made Adam and Eve. This creation language is powerful. And if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The hope of the resurrection guarantees that you can change and you can grow and you can be different. Think about this. What do you struggle with? Do you struggle with fear? A gripping fear that just is is tight on your your heart and mind at times? Do you struggle with worry? Do you struggle with doubt? Do you struggle with anger? Do you have a fuse that's like a millimeter long? Do you struggle with addictions of any sort that you are just enslaved to some sort of behavior that you just can't break through? Do you struggle with control that it all has to be within your your ability to control it? Or do you struggle with none of these? If that's the case, you probably struggle with lying. (laughs) Right? We all got issues. We all got things that tangle us up. See, Jesus came not just to pay for our sins, but to set us free. To change us. Listen to this list from Galatians 5. Uh, This is is called the, the fruit of the Spirit. So just like an apple tree produces apples, those who are saved by Jesus, this is what God will produce in you. And compare that to whatever your list was. Your fear, worry, doubt, anger, addictions, control, and even lying. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, the resurrection guarantees freedom and real change for all who trust in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. The last guarantee 
of the resurrection. The resurrection guarantees a glorious future for all who trust in Jesus. See, the resurrection gives us hope in this life and what is to come. And it's only through the risen Christ that we can have hope that we will be with God forever if we've accepted his son, Jesus. See, just like I said at the beginning that lots of the things the world offers, doesn't, they don't satisfy. They're like building a house on a sinkhole. They just, over time, they will fall into that pit. This world has, is never meant to be our home. If you are a believer in Jesus, the, the Bible calls you a sojourner, a traveler, one who is passing through. There is a permanent home that awaits all who trust in Jesus. And that is fixed and that is certain. And I wouldn't be loving if I didn't tell you there is, there is a permanent reality that, that awaits those who reject Jesus as well. The Bible calls it hell. See, we, we have one of two options. Either we receive salvation through Jesus or we meet God face to face still in our sins. And we meet God in His holiness as a holy judge that has to punish sin. And my appeal, my plea to you is if you don't know Jesus, you would turn to Him. And if you do know Jesus, there is a glorious future that awaits you. Listen to what Jesus said. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can flip that too. Everyone comes to God the Father through Jesus. There's one way to be right with God. There's one way to enter a relationship, and it is through Jesus, and for everyone who enters, you have a glorious future that awaits you, not just in this life, but in what's to come. We get a glimpse of this future in the book of Revelation. The Apostle John writes this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth passed away. The sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. and They will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Listen to this. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. 
for the former things have passed away. See, the resurrection of Jesus guarantees a glorious future for all who trust in Jesus. I want to read the scripture that we began with. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day accordance with the scriptures. The resurrection promises, proves, guarantees that there is a hope for this life and the one to come. Let's all stand and we pray and the band can come up. Father, thank you for devising this plan. Jesus, thank you for being willing to enter this broken world and go with the plan. Holy Spirit, thank you for making this plan a reality in our hearts and minds. And Lord, for those who don't yet know you, we ask that you would do that right now. That those who have not yet called out to you would call out to you. Those who don't know forgiveness would find forgiveness. Those who are not free would experience freedom. And Lord, for those who do know you, I pray that the joy of their salvation would overwhelm them today. We give you all the glory and all the praise. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.